when you're sitting there trying to decide what your color scheme is going to be, what's your menu scheme, it, it, this is going to sound stupid once again, but it finally dawned on me near revelation style of beer. We're a brewery. It's about the beer. Welcome back to Tap That AZ. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Rob from North Mountain Brewing Company. Just hang out, talk about some beers, talk about his philosophy on brewing beer. Just have a good time. Be sure to visit the YouTube channel for the video episode. Be sure to subscribe so you get updated each time a new video comes out, including behind the scenes and the pour of the week. So let's tap into North Mountain Brewing Company. All right. Well, I'm at North Mountain Brewing Company. I'm with Rob Berkner. Rob, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is pretty great. We're, uh, what is it, Northwest Corner, 7th Street and Dun- Dunlap? Dunlap, yeah. And Cave Creek. Mm-hmm. It's where the, the three meet, pretty yep, much. Just yeah. west of the intersection. Okay, gotcha. And you guys have been open 2013? 2013, March of 2013. Okay, yeah. nice, man. Nice. Well, congratulations. It's a great place. For Thank sure. you. I so appreciate that. Why, uh, why did you decide that you wanted to make beer for a living? <laughs> well, okay, that's funny. I haven't gotten that question in a while, but I just I started brewing in the early '90s, and you'd think I'd know the date. I actually have my original recipe book upstairs. Oh, really? But I just back then there wasn't a lot of good beer. There were a couple of breweries around, but okay. Um, so I just started brewing on my own, and I, and I was running a couple of businesses at one after another, not at the same time. And okay. eventually, one petered out, and I kind of, as every home brewer wants to do, I wanted to make beer for a living, and. Yeah. The stars lined up, and I had the opportunity, so nice. I folded one business and opened another. Nice, but you've been homebrewing for for quite a while, right? You had a, didn't you have a trip back in the day to Europe and? Well, I yeah. started brewing. I forget whether it's like ninety two, ninety three, somewhere in there. Okay. So yeah, it's been a while, and the trip to well. I've been to Europe twice. The okay. first time I actually, I turned 16 in Switzerland, which was kind of cool. Nice. Uh, and I was traveling with my parents, and they would allow me to have one pint a night. And the bulk of the trip was in England. The bulk of the trip was in England. And so we'd go tra- traveling town to town, and each town had its own brewery, and I'd go in. And it was pretty much an ordinary or a bitter, or it wasn't anything crazy, but okay. it it showed me that there was real beer in the world. Nice. So the second time I went to Europe was actually with Siebel Institute, which okay. is America's oldest uh, brewing school. Yeah. And we do a stint in Munich with the Domans University, Domans Institute, sorry. Okay. Um, so that was in Munich, like I said, and got to go around and, and try those beer styles. So Nice. So when you were 16, you, you're, that was legal drinking age? that You could drink at 16? or you just I don't know. Never got carded. Didn't matter. <laughs> I, you know, I always looked older at that time, so no one ever asked right right yeah and you're not going to say hey no no (laughs) but they are certainly much more flexible about that kind of stuff oh gotcha in europe yeah yeah good for them yeah yeah (laughs) oh it's great when you have you guys been to munich have you had that opportunity i have not no i think my my uh my camera guy here aaron has berlin Berlin. okay that's right you said that earlier so you go into some of the beer gardens and they've got swing sets and stuff because it's a tradition for a lot of the families after church on sunday the whole family will go to the the beer garden and dad and mom will sit down and have a a, a liter of beer or so and the kids are going and swinging on the swing set which here we couldn't even comprehend a swing set at a brewery are you crazy (laughs) but back there it's it's the way it is yeah well, and that's interesting, too, because I think that's one of the things I, I love about breweries is that, um, I mean, even here, no swing sets, you know, or anything like that, but it's still a family atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's not like you're taking your kids to, to the club in Old Town. You know yeah. what I mean? The breweries are very family-friendly. Oh, yeah. We get yeah. a lot of families, a lot of, a lot of kids here. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of everything, are... actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, so with, to kind of backtrack a little bit with your home brewing, um, I read somewhere that you had a run-in with Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> who told you that how, how do people hear about it you know, i don't know I, I, I see things okay so so back when i was up at nau we were living up there and i don't know 18 years old or something and i happened upon an instant beer recipe and then i didn't know anything about fermentation other than i knew it had to happen but as a college kid you're looking at an instant beer recipe i, I somehow knew it wasn't going to work but yeah. We ran out, and it was a ginger ale. Okay. And so not only did we make ginger ale, but we used fresh ginger root. 
Okay. This stuff was over the top. It was just god awful is the best <laughs> word to use. But right. being in our youth, we kept drinking it. Just had to push the limits. And yeah. by the time I was done, I basically couldn't smell ginger for ten or fifteen years. Really? I, I just, yeah. I still am not a big fan of it. And All because of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, to, to be quite blunt, we sat around playing quarters with it, and playing quarters with a fresh ginger root, non-fermented ale, I probably could have used my time better. Right. <laughs> right. But it's, you got the story now, right? You've gotten over it for the most part, and now so, it's, you got the story. So I don't consider that my first beer. Actually, okay. when I say I brewed in 92, 93, that would have been 88, actually. So oh, gotcha. Okay. The first pseudo-brewer action was in 88. Oh, gotcha. Okay. What was that? That was the ginger. Oh, day. that was the ginger. Okay, and, and after that, it took yeah. me a couple of years to even get back into yeah. into brewing at all. But I'm okay with you. Just you know, saying you know what, that wasn't my starting point, right? <laughs> well, that's yeah. That, yeah. I don't. That's more of a joke. It's more yeah. of a farce. It's not actually brewing. <laughs> yeah. So, are you from here? You were, you're born, born and raised. Yeah. yeah. Nice in this in this area. No, over towards Scottsdale. I went to Chaparral High School. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. But you're big. Uh, this this is considered the Sunny Slope area, right? Yes. What is that exactly? Like, how was that defined? Sunny Slope? Uh, oh, I forget the exact bounds, but it's something along 7th Ave to 7th Street okay. and uh, basically from the canal north, mm -hmm. I, I think would be the general term. I know that's not accurate and I know I'm going to get some hate mail. But, uh, <laughs> you can send but, it to me. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do have uh, some past in, in the area. My cousin grew up, I believe it's on Alice where it goes over. There's an apartment complex up there. Okay. So... I've you know ridden bikes around back. This was when we were 14 years old, riding yeah. bikes all over town and heading up to the Colonnade and up and down the canal and stuff. So. Okay, okay, gotcha. And you're a big advocate for this part of town as far as like what's going on here at this point, right? Oh yeah, that was definitely yeah. one of the reasons we came here. Is it's it's been an area that's been trying to build itself up forever, and it it it, it moves forward slowly. But we definitely saw a, a future in this part of town, and it. And it's luckily, you know, I shouldn't say luckily, it's taken a lot of work, but yeah. a lot of artists are moving into the area. A lot of people are, are remodeling houses and stuff. So it is definitely an up and coming area. And it's on the north side of downtown, surrounded by beautiful mountains. I mean, there's, this yeah. is really uh, an area that deserves a, a better future. So we wanted to be a part of that and help it along. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you were named uh, one of the, I think ranked five, right? Tastemaker in Phoenix for Phoenix New Times. Oh, I don't remember the ranking, but yeah, yeah. we were we were on the list. <laughs> on my we'll notes, say one. Five, we, right? we were number one, of <laughs> course. Number one. Yeah, everybody else tied for like fifth. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that was your biggest thing, though, is like you were, you felt that this was a really, like it was like Phoenix's best kept secret yeah. right here. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, yeah. So you guys have been here for over four years, almost four years now? We've been open for four four and a half years we actually uh we actually bought the property at the end of october 2010 okay gotcha so we've actually been here for a while yeah. just not open gotcha and that was that was uh interesting uh as with a lot of breweries like it's it's never of okay here's what we're gonna do and then that's what happens right? oh no the city's yeah. got its own plans and yeah. Every brewery goes through it. Every business, anyone that tries to ever build anything has to deal with similar things. And, you know, I keep hearing this. Well, yeah, but now you learn what to do next time. Well, yeah, but no, because next time they're going to have a whole nother bag to throw at me. So let's yeah, be honest. Right? But, but we got through it, and here we are. Yeah, nice. So um, you guys have, like, the food is awesome, by the way. Like, the, the food, and, and you're, that was kind of a focus was, like, beer-centric cuisine right yeah. when it came to the food so what do you tell me about that well you know it's kind of funny because when you're opening up a business you have lots of ideas and you have to decide which one fits and this may sound dumb but it was a revelation as far as uh so let me step back and not only the menu but this whole building i basically uh designed the whole thing now i had an architect helping me i'm not going to take i'm not going to sit here and say <laughs> i did the whole thing right. but, but uh when you walk through here I mean, the, the colors I picked, the windows I picked the, picked, the floor, the layout, the tables we built. I mean, so I was really involved in the whole process. Nice. Um, my point being that when you're sitting there trying to decide what your color scheme is going to be, what's your menu scheme, it, it this is going to sound stupid once again, but it finally dawned on me near revelation style of beer. We're a brewery. It's about the beer. Mm. 
So, of course, the food should be, you know, the, the beer food of the world is how we put it, beer-centric or the beer food of the world. Uh, and the colors, they're all beer-related, too. There's no blues and greens. There's all various tones of brown. We actually took beer samples and matched them up to color wheels, okay. which, if anyone's ever tried to do that, it's, it's not easy because <laughs> of the translucence and just the way uh, beer colors look. But, interesting. But, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a relief to finally find a theme and once again i know this sounds dumb but beer was the theme and of course we're a brewery i mean yeah seems kind of obvious <laughs> in, in retrospect but yeah yeah it's like oh yeah we are gonna make yeah, beer here. why yeah. don't we use our main product as our theme yeah how about that yeah so is it is it north mountain um is something around here considered north mountain or how, how did you come up with specifically north mountain well north mountain is the mountain that's right here okay, okay. this is yeah. the north mountain community sunny slope isn't an official moniker so to speak it, okay. it is the, the north uh, uh the north mountain community gotcha and sunny slope's a part of it okay and yeah so pretty much just wanted to tie into a, to the area we were moving into gotcha okay and it's interesting too that you said that how the colors i never i've noticed the colors obviously but how you matched them up with beer colors that's that's really interesting yeah and it worked. Yeah. I mean, but you you don't walk in and go, oh, wow, there's a red on the wall and there's a porter over there and <laughs> yeah. the roofs are stout. Right. Stout roofs. Bathrooms are very lager. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, did you design the food, like actual, like, here's what we're going to have? Or did you, like, were you working with somebody I, on that? I was involved, but we've had, uh, we've had a number of uh, head cooks coming through that have all had their influence. So... I, I influenced their influence. How about that? Okay. They, I, I want them to be able to, to do their thing and express themselves just like I do in the brewery. Yeah. But I had definite opinions about which way we should go. So I, I influence it. But okay. in, unless they come up with terrible ideas, which really hasn't happened. Yeah. Other than oysters. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're a pain. They were tasty, but they were a pain. You don't have the oysters any longer? No, no. no. It's, it's, they're so tough to keep. And then uh, you get in the middle of a rush on a Friday night and you're shucking oysters for a plate. And <laughs> I'm sorry. A lot of people loved them. I, I personally don't do, do seafood. So when okay. I say they're delicious, I'm, that's what I hear. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a pain. Yeah. And so we replaced them with shrimp, which. Okay is much easier you can do a couple different things with it so yeah happy with that but interesting but anyways the original question was about <laughs> uh, so so yeah each person that's come through right now our 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 head of kitchen is clayton he's also uh helps run the front of the house with us and okay he does a whole lot of stuff in fact right now we're doing a bit of a menu revamp and we're going to kind of expand some of our selections and stuff and he absolutely has had a lot of influence I mean, a huge amount of influence on that, which, which is great. Like I said, I want them to be able to feel like they express themselves too. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they're, when they're bought into it too, they're going to create better product, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, do you know what direction you're going to go? Like, do you know what you guys are going to um, gear towards? Well, we're still working on it, but honestly, we're just kind of expanding on the selections we have now. There okay. are going to be some some entirely new items and and we're still in in the r d phase so okay. nothing's decided yet i don't want to get too crazy but yeah. so right now we have two chicken sandwiches we're talking about expanding that to five or six and expanding more burgers and pizzas so okay. um i won't tip my hat towards any of the newer the the absolutely new items like i said because i wouldn't want to say it now and then have you go well where'd that go right rob where the hell but, is this yeah but <laughs> yeah okay Gotcha. Oh, I had, when I, I came in, I had the uh, Asian sliders, mm -hmm. which is normally not something that I order, but uh, I did. And coleslaw on them. Like, it's, mm. I never thought of doing coleslaw on, like, a pulled pork or anything like that, because I don't like coleslaw. And so, but when you put it on that sandwich, it's amazing. Well, and also, it's Asian coleslaw. It's, yeah. it's got a little bit of the sesame style, you know, that those kind Probably of flavors. So, it's not yeah. your typical coleslaw in that way. So, yeah. Uh, and it was originally designed specifically for that sandwich. Okay. And then we took it and made it a side also. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Nice. What's well, good? That's really thank good. You. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll say thank you. That's the cook's part. Right. But... <laughs> right. Well, thank you if the cooks are listening. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, pretzels, too. Uh, Aaron from ADM Films over here, he had the uh, pretzels. Aaron, you said, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned something that was, you get just, like something shipped in from 
somewhere else. Yeah, well, those are those are actually shipped in from Germany. Okay. We yeah. we tried a bunch of pretzels locally, and there were some really good pretzels, but none of them just had that that German authenticity to it. And the only way we could get that, we felt, was uh, by importing them. So we're really, and it's not like we're importing them. Let's rephrase that, you know. We're, we're, but but they're, they are excellent pretzels. We love them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And what are they, they're served with, um, if I, because I remember the last time I was here was about a year ago. Um, and there was, is there a cheese with it or a mustard or what yeah. do you serve with them? Well, we, we serve it with, uh, it, it comes with. It's it's your choice of mustard or honey butter, okay, or both if you ask them. Yeah. We're, we'll give you both, and then you can uh, you can uh, add the cheese to it. So okay, so yeah, in the end, you can have three different options with it. Nice, nice. And you said that there was a couple other things. Um, shepherd's pie, you said, uh-huh. is one yeah. of the one of the top, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, uh, we use real lamb, which it, it's supposed to be lamb. And I'm not a big fan of gamey lamb, but we braise it frequently overnight. Okay. And it just, it's so good. Yeah. And it doesn't have that overwhelming gamey lamb flavor. Okay. Nice. Nice. And poutine too, right? And poutine. 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 I mean, it's, uh, we we get yelled at by the Canadians because it's not real poutine because we put meat on it. Real poutine is just cheese, fries, and gravy. Oh, okay. But we put short rib on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't we? Right. I mean, right. I. What the hell does Canada know, anyways? Well, right. the funny thing is, we we get some Canadians in here that gripe about it. But guess what? When it comes time to order it, they want the meat too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's not traditional, right? But yeah. But you know, just because it's traditional doesn't mean but, it's better. But seriously, fries, cheese, gravy, and meat. Who's yeah. not gonna like that? Yeah. It's a complete meal at that point, right? Because yeah. otherwise, it's like, where's the protein? Yeah. Oh, the meat. Well, there we go. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, a little hint: add an egg. Oh, oh yeah, like a like a, I a don't, fried egg up yeah. on top, and oh, that, that takes it to a whole nother level. I think a fried egg takes everything to a whole it other does. level. Yeah, <laughs> I it, for the longest time I never did anything with like a fried egg on top of it. Like I liked eggs, like scrambled eggs, and with whatever. Um, but uh, I had like a skillet from somewhere up in Flagstaff. I can't remember the name of the place, but it had a fried egg on top, and it just changed everything. Like my life, I mean, not just that meal. Like, no, you know, I, I've had a lot more positive outlook on life since then. I remember the first <laughs> time I ordered an egg on a burger, and I was like, wow, that's kind of weird. Yeah. It's weird that I thought that was weird. It's the only <laughs> yeah. weird thing about it. So, yeah, nowadays, I mean, I'll be honest, when we're done here, I'm going to go have a, uh, a BLT, and I'm going to have them slap an egg on there. Ooh. I don't see any reason why not. No, 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 no. I'm going to do that as well. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> so, um, okay, I know this is, we're going to go off topic a little that's, bit. That's fine. But you guys have beer here. We right? do. Yeah. <laughs> we do, actually. And we make it. Yes, yes, make it here. And you guys, you're, you're tapless. I think there was what, there's 18, 18 on tap right now, and these are all yours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I got to admit, the original plan when we opened was to have some guest taps. Okay. And when we first opened, we did for a while. And I don't mean to be selfish, but there's something about once you fill all the taps, it's hard to take your beer back off. Oh, uh, okay. With uh, yours, you mean filling them all with yours? With, with yeah, stuff yeah. that we make here. And we have plenty of variety. I mean, we've got our barrel room over there where we've got, I don't know what the exact count is, but about 50 barrels over there. It's... Uh, that was actually, we, we had, we started with eight taps, then we added up to 12. We're now up to 20. We have 18 on right now. Okay. But uh, part of that was just simply, we have all this beer in barrels and we didn't have taps to put it on. So we expanded one of our coolers, uh, one of our tap selections up to 12. So bringing us to 20 total. Okay. Nice. So now we can start getting our barrels, barrel aged beers on more regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, and we noticed that too, because me and Aaron were, um, I got here and he'd already tried uh, side A of the menu, right? Not even realizing there was a side B, <laughs> right? And you flip it over and then you see those ABVs go up on, yes. the, on that backside. Yeah, yeah that's yes. like the, yeah. So and and what I like too, it's this isn't the menu isn't overcrowded with just um, IPAs are kind of what runs the the you know that's everybody wants IPAs. So there's four, five, ten IPAs that people have. You guys have a couple. Um, the double IPA. Um, actually, is that the only IPA I th- think I see on there, right? Right now, that's the only IPA. Yeah. That's not going to last for long. We usually try to keep a couple on. But okay. We actually have our first ever session IPA. Okay. Yeah. Which 
it, it's it's kind of a funny little thing there because we were talking about East Coast IPAs yeah, and, yeah. and what what does it mean? Yeah. So I'm making a session IPA, but that's another it's another style I struggle with because in my mind it's it's a pale ale, <laughs> right? With right. a little extra hops. Yeah. So it, it kind of took me a while to buy into it. Okay. So we ended up making one. Now, first of all, the Belay, our double IPA, is our standard IPA. Okay. We used to just call it Belay IPA. We changed it to double because it is. Yeah. But I mean, that was our our house IPA. Okay. So we're bringing on this new one that I'm gonna have to rename. It was gonna be renamed Oxymoron IPA okay. uh, Session IPA. I like that. But since April, it was available in April. Since then, three breweries have used it. Oh, that really? name. So we're gonna have to find something else. Yeah. But that kind of tells you the way I look at the style in yeah. general. Of it. it's an oxymoron. <laughs> Come on. That's, yeah. What do you mean Session IPA? What does what does that mean? So. Right. But it, it turned out really tasty, and it's going to go on tap here probably next week. Nice, nice. I'm going to have to come here to, to, to try that. Um, double IPA. This thing is fantastic. I was going to – oh, yeah, right here. I, I was going to get the – we're going to talk about the cream in a minute. That's like your – that's your – basically your signature beer, right? One of them, yeah. The cream, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this double IPA is really good because um, I think a lot of times with double IPAs, you get a real boozy – kind of taste you know what i mean it's yeah. almost like it's good but it's i don't i don't know I, I, for lack of better term i say boozy but this is not this is this is really it's really good and it's really hoppy too but it's like balanced hoppy yeah you know what i mean not over the top and it was is that the one you use hop oil um no no okay maybe i misread that but uh it's really good so yeah nice we job. as of this point and and I don't mean this out of snobbery because I'm willing to try it, but we haven't used hop oils or any of the. Uh, I'm not a fan of the hop oil. Kinda. Yeah, they're 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 interesting. I've had other people's and I've had samples of them. Yeah, um, they they've gotten a lot better. They tend to be a little one dimensional. I mean, okay. when when you distill them or you freeze them, you know, the various ways that they they produce them sometimes take some of the side flavors out, the nuance. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of steer for, steer away from them. Yeah, the generally, like when we were talking before the interview, we were talking about fruit. I tend to like to stick to the original product. We use actual fruit. We don't use extracts. We don't use yeah. hop extracts. We don't, you know. Yeah. We, we try to stick with the the real ingredient. Yeah, and you know what? That's a that's when you mentioned that too because um, I tried the purple source hef, and yeah, there's raspberries and blueberries in that. Normally, I'm kind of like nah, you know, I don't go towards the fruit beers either. But this, that balance, it's having that balance, I think that's important. So you drink that and it's like, okay, this is, it's not in your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not overly sweet either. Right. Right. Exactly. Tastes like beer still. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It is beer. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think sometimes people like, it's to kind of get the people who don't drink beer to drink beer. It's like you're tricking them. Well, have this beer. Well, I don't like beer. Yeah. But this is beer, but it doesn't taste like beer. Well, then why is it beer? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the cream, the cream golden lager. Like, tell me, tell me about that one. Okay. Well, that's, uh, it's, it's one of my pride and joys. And I'll, I'll tell you how the whole thing came about because our, most of the beers that we brew here, I, let me rephrase that. When, when we first opened up, I basically threw all my home brewing notes away. It didn't, t- uh-huh. didn't take any of the recipes I had. That's almost true. One of them was the Soil Dove. Okay. Was a beer that I'd brewed before, and I changed it a little. But that was supposed to be our house blonde. Okay. Well, one day I was talking to Steve McFate over from McFate's Brewing, or Adam. I, I that was a while ago. I don't remember who I was talking to, but yeah. I was out of grain, and they happened to have gotten a pallet of grain in. Back then, they didn't have a mill, and they got everything pre-milled. Well, this whole pallet came in unmilled, so they couldn't use it. I needed it. So sight unseen, I drove over with the trailer, loaded up all their grain, bought it off them, brought it back here, really had no idea what was on it, yeah. and sat down, looked through what was in there, and I came up with the recipe for the cream. Nice. So it was really kind of a lark. It wasn't meant to be the, the flagship beer, so to speak. Well, in the end, it's been so tasty. It is our number one bestseller. That's the one. That's the that's That the is one. number one, yeah. even over IPA. And that's that's rare for a microbrewery to have an IPA not be on top. Right, right. But, but uh, and I think part of that's our area, which I'm also proud of, because this is still a burgeoning 
craft beer scene here. Yeah. So I, I, I think the cream's a great beer to bring people that aren't normally craft beer drinkers in because, like we were saying earlier, it's a simple beer style, but it's complex for a simple beer. Right. So people come in and it, and it, it, it shows them the flavors that can be in beer without being so big and overwhelming that they can't handle it. So yeah. it, it's, it's a really good transition beer for a lot of people and, and well suited for the area. Yeah. It's a gateway beer, right? And it's a <laughs> yeah, I don't. People call it, you know, people use expressions like training wheel beer. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't like that expression, no, though, because, no. you know, that's that's what the commercial beers are for. Those are your training yeah. wheel beers. Ah, oh, man, the commercial ones are when, almost the ones when, like the anti beer, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're ready to take the training wheels off, yeah. come on over and have some cream. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think if you can get people to. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was a brewery that um, where they were talking about when somebody comes in, they basically ask them what flavors they like. like yeah. what, what flavors do you like, you know, to help guide them into, because I'm oh, I drink Coors Light or maybe Blue Moon if they're feeling crazy, right? Um, but if you can identify the flavors they like, you introduce most people to these beers, you just got to find the right one. And most people are like, wow, this is great, you know? Um, I think for my wife, um, the Stouts and the Porters, those were the big ones that, which kind of surprised me. That's kind of the segue beer for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Because, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, you just, you never know how people are going to react, which is one of the things that, and pretty much every brewery offers a flight. Mm -hmm. If you're a first-timer in here and, and we're talking to you, we're going to encourage you to do a flight because people get surprised at what they like. I mean, one of, one of my favorite examples would be our Picked. It's the Scottish Ale. A lot of people look at it, and it's kind of dark and scary looking. It's not that dark. It's really but, not. I'm looking at it right now. It's, yeah. But it's a well-balanced, easily drinking, nice, malty beer. It's got a hint of smoke, so it's got a, a, a good deal of flavor to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of those that when we give a sample to people, they're scared at first. No, no, no. Just trust us and try it. Yeah. And nine out of ten times, whether it's the style they're looking for and they love it, but they'll try and go, yum, that's a really good beer. And, and Yeah. Yeah. It may still be a little too malty for them. And they may not order it, but uh, at least it kind of introduced them to that. And yeah. yeah, it's identifying those different flavor, those taste profiles for people. Um, with the cream, real quick, backtrack. The the name has special meaning too, right? It's well, acronym. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to change it despite people's requests, but it is an acronym. It's Candy Rob Emily Aaron Megan. And yes, to my daughters, that is the order. They always fight about which, the two E's are always fighting about which one comes first. Sorry, that's the way it is. Right. Um, but so it's an acronym for the, fa uh, for the family. I'm, I'm the R. Okay. Candy is my wife. She's also a co-owner and helps run the place. Nice. She's the C. One of the M's is actually the girl that brought us our water. That's my daughter. That's your daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they all work here at various times. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's a, a full-on family place but it's that. the the problem is it's not actually a cream ale and it's not spelled that way but that i mean if we added lactose to it it would basically be spot on for a cream so okay. no one's disappointed but it does create a little confusion for some people oh uh, gotcha I, I thought it was i thought it was a cream ale actually until you just until you just told me well, that's about the only difference throw yeah. some lactose in and it would be but yeah i mean i'm not gonna touch it yeah well, I mean, when you're at that point, you're splitting hairs. It's like, yeah. It's not a cream. Was it good? Yeah. Shut up. Well, I know. <laughs> I like that statement right there. I keep saying it. People come in and, you know, I've had, well, this doesn't really fit the style. Okay, but you just ordered another one. So <laughs> it must be doing something right. Right. So just let the style thing. Styles, they're good to give you kind of a, a, a direction. Yeah. But in the end, do you like the beer or not? That's the right. real question. Nothing else matters. Yeah. IBUs, color, come on. Right. Is that really what matters? Right. No, drink the beer. Do you like it? Will you order another one? Great, thank right. you. Right, it's beer. Have right. you have you seen the uh, sign by the door? No. By the, okay, well, unfortunately, I don't have it memorized. But oh, is it right below the tap list? Yeah. I took a picture of it, but I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it, but basically, what, what uh, I can, you know what? I can read it. it. It basically says what we were just talking about. The beer you're about to order will probably be darker or lighter than other beers of the style. The hot bitterness is going to be around in or well out of accepted style guidelines. Likewise, aroma, maltiness, and mouthfeel will be in accordance to convention or not. Enjoy. 
Yeah. And <laughs> so, so the funny thing is when we first put that up, I had a couple people call me arrogant. Yeah. I was trying to be a little Monty Python-ish. I thought yeah. I was being funny. Yeah. I was actually called arrogant by a couple people. Really? I, it went away pretty quick. We almost made a notice to the notice explaining that, you know, yeah. we mean it, but we don't. It's right. tongue in cheek. Yeah, the general message is funny, yeah. but it's accurate, but get over it. Yeah. I mean, literally we had complaints about, you know. Yeah. Come on, people. You're it's finding a, something to complain about at that point. Yeah. 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 Which when you first open, not to say it ever goes away, but when you first open, people have their sights on you. and Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of people that have come in and told me everything we're doing wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I've made a list so far of the things that you've done of wrong. The, uh, of the things we've done wrong. <laughs> yeah. Can we just go over that on the air? So, uh, yeah, please. So. Um, okay. Uh, where's the beer? Okay. Right. Yeah. There's a, I don't know if you ever heard of the comedian Mitch Hedberg. Um, he was a guy like in the nineties, uh, he died about 10 years ago, just a super dry sense of humor, Stephen Wright style. And, uh, he said he was in a, he was like, we were in a heavy metal band and he's like, people either liked us or they hated us or they thought we were okay. <laughs> it's the same concept. It's yeah. like, it's going to fit it or uh -huh. it's not. Or it's Who not. Knows? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be close or far or <laughs> wherever. Yeah, exactly. I like the Monty Python reference though. That's yeah, that's good. Um, so, uh, what else? So the back page, the back page is, and I haven't tasted many of these ones yet. Um, we've got some heavy hitters here. Oh, you know, real quick. I wanted to say this about the cream is it's a 5.9%, right? Yeah. That's, that's the flavor for it. It's, that's sneaky, right? Because you taste it and you're thinking, oh, that's normally like a 4% beer. But it's super drinkable. But that 5.9 is, it's solid. You know, and, and that, that's kind of a contradiction because I really love that beer and I'm not going to take it. But that's the brewer in me. The businessman is kind of ticked about that because there are yeah. a lot of people that come in and they have one or two and they're done where you go to another place that they're, their blonde is four and a half and you can have that extra beer and it's, you know, so my beer's more expensive to make and you can't drink as much of it. Yeah. So business wise, it's not a very smart oh, decision. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But in the end, I, you know, it's a damn good beer. It's so, a damn good yeah. beer. I'm not going to mess with it. It's <laughs> yeah. just the way it is. It's like the session IPA I was starting to talk about, which we really need to come up with the name. It's still going to clock in around five and a half. Yeah. So is that really a session? Right. Right. What type of session? Well, what's yeah. your tolerance? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. But it's a really good beer. I, I think it's going to go over well. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And I'll be out in about a week. Actually, by the time this episode goes out, it, it's probably going to be It'll probably be out. Be out. Yeah. 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 It, it definitely will. It's just, uh, basically, it's just waiting for that last little bit of clarity because it's not a New England. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Rob and I were talking earlier about uh, it's a very, um, I don't know if this is the right term, but polarizing style, mm -hmm. right? Either people love that or they hate it or they think it's okay, right? Mitch, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot, like in the beer community, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I really like it. And the other ones are like, no, I don't, you know? So what are your thoughts on the new, because that's the hot thing right well, now, right? The new England I, styles. I know, and it's yeah. tough because, you know, there's so much trendiness in, in certain aspects of beer, yeah. and, and that's one of it. I, the, the, the clarity of it doesn't really affect the flavor. Okay. I personally feel that it just came out of laziness on the brewer's part, or they lack time, and I don't, I don't, I see it as a marketing gimmick okay. i see it as a ploy it's hard for me to take it serious and that doesn't mean that i inherently hate east coast ipas because there are some excellent ones out there yeah i'll let it sit in the tank for another week and let it drop clear and serve it uh serve it and that's really the difference that in, is the in, difference between yeah for the most part i mean yeah. I've, I've heard that there are breweries that are actually mixing flour and things like that in there specifically to bring the haze up oh gotcha so i guess at that point you're technically making a new beer you know what i mean uh, yeah but i don't know i'm yeah i'm not blown away by the concept i um, i like nice pretty beer yeah yeah and I, I was talking with um with matt from uh beer research uh, mm -hmm. research institute the other day and that was his thing he's like he's a stickler on color 
right? So I can't remember what, I think it was the 480G of his, like, his flagship IPA. And he's like, look at that. He's like, that's a great color. It's clear. It's got that golden color to it, you know. Um, but, uh, and with the Northeastern styles, they're usually um, a lot lower, like, um, um, uh, IBUs, right? Like, they're less hoppy than a bit. Most, yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I had one, I was like, I ordered a beer. This, I think you brought me a mimosa. <laughs> I like mimosas, right? It's the right, right, right thing at the right time. But, uh, but I've kind of grown to, to like them a little bit. But, uh, but it's always interesting to hear, like, people who know how to make beer. They're, you know, it's just like, yeah. So maybe in the future. Who knows? No plans. <laughs> but, but I've said things before. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, things change quickly. When, when we first started the uh, barrel project. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm going to play around with barrels, but I'm never going to be really a barrel guy. Yeah. Well, now I've got a designated barrel room with almost 50 barrels in it. Oh, so nice. obviously I've bought in. Yeah. <laughs> now we've done a couple mild sours, our, you know, lactose, uh, lacto-based, nice soft sours, not really aggressive, no, no kettle sours and stuff like that. And I think I'll hold true to this one. I, they're fun. I like to do them, but I don't ever see myself being a sour guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, that that's my primary thing. But then again, you never know. I mean Yeah. If that's if I decide to start making more, then I'll make more. And that's yeah. that's honestly the beauty of being the owner and the head brewer is uh, yeah. you know, I, I am the authority. I know a lot of people <laughs> that work with you know, they have people above them and they get dictated to to some extent of, you know, so yeah. I, I get to do what I want. Yeah, that's awesome. Well and you said too earlier, I like this, like you you're like when you own a business, when I, I talked to Steve McFade, his thing was like, you know, now that they got two locations open, like he's doing everything, not really involved with the thing that he started with, right? That 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 brewing part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The things that he loves and and like interacting with guests as much because he likes that as well. So, um, two things is number one, you said that um, you make sure that you continue to be part of the brewing process, right? Yeah. You got you've got the 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 head brewer or the you got the two guys that are that pretty much run things but you still get in there and, and do stuff yeah, yeah 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 i try to i've got greg and miguel helping out greg's i call myself the head brewer greg's the lead brewer yeah and then miguel's the the assistant brewer and i don't brew as much as i'd like but i i certainly try to stay in the brewery as much as possible which, yeah which isn't a lot at this point i gotta admit but uh yeah i try to get the brews in yeah, well, in the customer interaction too. I know that that, that from uh, there's a couple articles I read, um, and you're huge on that, right? You love that's one of the things you love, right? Is is having that direct interaction with the people coming in here. Well, okay, let's let's be honest because I'm not the most socially <laughs> elegant person. So, okay. so I that's more my wife. Okay, okay. She's I I joke about I'm the people. I'm, I'm the person people want to talk to. Okay. She's the person people like to talk to. Okay. <laughs> because I, I can be kind of, you know, I don't want to say, I don't know, fuddy-duddy. I don't know how to say yeah, it. Yeah. But unless there's a topic, if we're talking brewing, if you're asking me questions, I'm great. I, I love it. I have fun. But yeah. as far as just hanging out and talking to people, no, nah, that, that's her thing. So. Uh, the small talk. And yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. She's great at it. Yeah. People actually like talking to her. <laughs> Right. Well, when, when what really impressed me is when we when we when you first got here, uh, me and Aaron were sitting at the bar and we were you know tasting some beers, and uh, we were all just BSing. And somebody came in and needed seated. You walked right over and, and got them to their tables. Like that was that's you know you could have easily said, hey, go go seat these people. You know what I mean? But uh, but no, I, I thought that was a good was a good just, move. Yeah. yeah, just trying to trying to keep the customer happy. I mean. As much as, you know, just a couple minutes ago, I said, oh, I brew what I want and stuff. Well, okay, huge asterisk because without customers, without them being happy with the product and the environment and everything, then we're nothing. Yeah. We don't yeah. exist. Right, right. So, you know. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's important. <laughs> that, that is, is important. important. Right. They come in, you treat them like assholes. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing here? There there yeah. are businesses that yeah. make that their business model, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're on page two. We flipped this thing okay. over, and uh, right. we've got some. What do we got here? So, um, Aaron from Eight AM Films seemed to have uh, emptied some of these glasses. <laughs> Did you spill these, Aaron? <laughs> so these are a lot of these are the barrel aged, uh, or a few of them are. 
Yeah, yeah there's there's a few. It's it's a mixed bag on there. Uh, okay. Barrel aged, a, a few Belgians. Anything on here specifically? So I've got uh, 16, 13, and 11. Okay, see, I need to look. I don't know oh, the yeah. numbers. Oh, we, yeah, the devil's they, gut. Is that what that's oh, called? Oh, Satan's gut. Satan's gut. What number is that? 13. 13. Satan's gut's one of those beers. We actually brewed a beer called Satan's gut last year. This was the beer it was supposed to be, but last year at the last minute I changed it into a, a black IPA. I'm sorry, brown IPA. Okay. With actual roast, because that's another one of those people make black IPAs, but it's just colored and it tastes exactly like the IPA. I don't, yeah. I don't get that. But if <laughs> right. you add roast, some, some, you know, nice dark malts and give it a nice flavor. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. So that I wasn't. The hops weren't quite right for the grain bill, and this is what I meant all along. It was going to be a, uh, you know, Satan's gut. Take the name. It has a bunch of smoked malts in it and some roasted chilies in it. So it has yeah. a bit of smoke and some and that roasted chili flavor. The peppers oh. really stand out in this one. Like that, there's what poblano, jalapeno, fresno, and ancho peppers. Yeah, yeah. you can really taste taste those. Yeah. The the and only thing one. the only okay. So what I was originally saying is that's the kind of beer you make knowing not a lot of people are gonna like it. It's a very niche beer. Yeah. And the funny thing is, some of the people that like it aren't the demographics you'd expect. Like I've had quite a number of older ladies love it. Really? And yeah, that's shocking. It's like, wait, you're supposed to be drinking the cream. What are you doing? But <laughs> right. that great on them. Yeah. My only real disappointment with that beer is that I didn't put any in a barrel. Uh, what was I thinking? Come on, Rob. Seriously. This interview's over. I'm out of here. Aaron, pack up the lights. Yeah, <laughs> let's, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. Like, I, um, I'm not... I, I don't know. I was going to say I'm not usually a fan of peppers and beers, but I actually am. Like, I know um, uh, McFate does uh, the, the Gatos uh, or the Hatch Chili. Yeah. Pale or something it's, like that. They do that in a, in a cream ale, don't they? I, yeah, maybe it, that's what it is. Yeah. I haven't had it yet, but yeah. I've, I've heard... Yeah, I, I've heard that's good stuff about one? it. Yeah. It's got some bite to it. Um, there was one they even had one. It was maybe it was just a specific batch, but it was it burned your mouth. And yeah. um, Dark Sky when I first okay. you know Dark Sky it, early on. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they did a lot of like spicy pepper beers. And it's like wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, the idea of this was not to have it scald your face out. That, right. <laughs> that by the end of the first yeah. or maybe the second beer that it, that it builds up towards that that eventually you get some good heat. And you see, it's definitely got heat, but it's not overwhelming it's not crazy hot yeah i like it i like it a lot because it's more it's more of the the tangy peppery taste than than like a sweet peppery taste yeah 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 um and then this one this one's interesting just to look at this is the uh the plum quad okay this is a barrel aged dark belgian yeah 9.5 percent so with with plums in the barrel yeah and it it is it's got a lot of flavor but uh, being a quad, it's got some of the darker malts that give the the dark sugars, the raisin, the plums, and stuff. So it seemed like a pretty natural fit, and that is definitely going to be a recurring beer. How often, I don't know, but it, you'll definitely see that again. Yeah, that's that's really good too, and and I like the description too. And dark European dark crystal malt sounds like a like a David Bowie movie or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's really good. And this was aged, and these are this was a uh, Cabernet. Barrels? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This is really good. Get that one, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else? What else we got here? Number sixteen. The drinks. How do you say it? The Drinsillion. Drinsillion Old Ale Barrel Aged. What is this? Um. And actually, I believe that that is not barrel aged. They put the wrong keg on because we have some of both. And I, without trying it, I believe that's actually non-barrel aged. It actually tastes barrel-aged. Does it? it okay. Tastes, it, it, okay. It has that red wine taste to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is something that, and this is the one from Dos Cabezas Winery. Yeah. 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 This is, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to taste it after me or not, but <laughs> that's, uh, you can definitely taste the red wine in that one. Um, I think one of the first, like, wine barrel-aged beers I had was um, Dogfish. Had, like, a Shiraz. IPA, okay, right. And it was like two dollars off at the at the bottle shop I went to. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. It was fantastic, you know. So same thing with this one. And and these with these dark beers that you have, they're not like overwhelming. They're not like heavy, sit in your stomach. You know what I mean? Um, which is a good thing, right? 
it's kind of what you're going for? Well, um, a little this, a little that. <laughs> Come back in the winter and have our nib. The nib? I the feel nib. like I had the nib before. It's, what is it's that? A pretty, it's our Imperial Stout. I think I've had that before, yeah. yeah. And like it tip, typically clocks in around 13%. Yeah. And it's, love the beer. I absolutely yeah. love it, but it is definitely a sipper. It is definitely not a, my, my joke is, it's, you know, everyone has their island beer. The desert island beer? The desert yeah, island yeah. beer. This is the naked sitting in a snowbank beer. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to be naked sitting in a snowbank, but you're sipping on that, the yeah. world will be good. Yeah. Well, because with that, and I remember that I, I have had that one. Um, because I remember when I came in, I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'll take this. And the girl was like, let me give you a taste first. I'm like, no, I, I'm pretty, I won. And she's like, I'm going to give you a taste. <laughs> yeah. And I tasted it and it was good, but it was, yeah, that's a sipper for sure. Well, and that's company policy actually, especially with the bigger beers like that. Interesting. Because okay. so many people, I don't care. I know I'll like it. I know I'll like it. And, the Satan's gut would be even a better example, but the yeah. nib, if you're not ready for that big wall of flavor and you order it and then you complain about it, that kind of drives me nuts because that's our pride and joy and it's yeah. not a cheap beer and now I'm supposed to go dump a glass. Yeah. So we pretty much, if you haven't had it before, company policy is here, take a sip of it, make sure it's what you want. Yeah, that's interesting. And, that's, a, that's a good approach because with those, those, uh, those, more expensive beers to make um, usually come in like 10 ounce, right? You're, yeah. not, you're not getting 22 ounces of no. <laughs> with a no. nib. Um, but uh, but most places are like, hey, can I taste that? And it's, you know, they're little, it's like, uh, this is expensive. Every little ounce of this matters. But so, but that's good. I, I'd rather give away one ounce than yeah. pour out 10 ounces. Well, and yeah. it's for both of our interests. In the end, there are people that are like, oh, wow, okay, that thing's huge. That's not where I'm going. Yeah. So it's better for both of us because we want you to have the beer that you're looking for. If, if you come in and the one beer you have is just this huge, intense Imperial Stout and you leave here unhappy, well, who gains from that? Right, right, yeah, exactly. So, hey, taste it. Yeah, okay, that's not for you. That's, let's, yeah. let's find the beer that you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got so many things, like the ranges. Like all these things I have in front of me right now, like I don't even know what to go towards. <laughs> but uh, Aaron just brought me another one. This is the... Uh, that phraseology. Okay. What is this one? Belgian quad. I like. I like the Belgian. It's okay. So you're seeing a bunch of variations of the same beer here. That was, uh, the the cream, that uh, soured. Okay. Blended yeah. with the nefarious, much like you've you've got a couple versions of it. Yeah. The uh, so you you probably have the nefarious itself in front of you, the plum quad, is based on that. The phraseology okay. is based on that. And also, I don't think you've gotten there, but we have the, the Safarius, which is... I think uh, he killed that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was put in a safe word barrel from Superstition Meadery. Oh, oh yeah, I did have that one, yes. Yeah. And yeah. So we have the same beer going in a couple different directions right now. Yeah. Nice. What all works. It, it definitely all Thank works. You. Yeah. So great selection, great beers. Yeah. So thumbs up. I appreciate on these. Yeah. With the food too. And to kind of blend the two of them, um, even on your website, you you're about the beer and food pairing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's something I'm still trying to learn about a little bit because for me, it's, um, I haven't got those, the flavor combinations just yet, but so, so tell me about that a little bit. Well, okay. I'll, I'll I'm going to take this conversation a couple different ways, but I'm going to start with where I usually end. You know, there are, there are rules to pairing beer, much like pairing wine. And in the end, kind of like we were talking about the sign earlier, yeah. in the end, ignore them. Because yeah. what you like is what you like. Yeah, right. And it's kind of ridiculous. But, but when it comes down to it, there are a lot of flavors in beer that can, you know, it, it's a classic combination. Do you want your sweet and sour? Do you want to mix? You know, do you want to contrast? Do you want to complement? Those are the, basically the, the first questions you ask. And okay something like the picked or the oatmeal stout with red meat in general or anything grilled or roasted the flavors are going to absolutely complement each other and you pretty much can't go wrong okay and then like i said there's the sweet and sour whether it's vinegar in the beer or whether it's a sour beer wherever the sourness comes from and you pair it with sweet it's it's just a classic combination so okay. yeah so there are rules that go to it but in the end like i started with it's whatever you like because yeah. that's what matters i mean who cares if yeah. if you like it that's oh, you can't i can't believe you paired those two together yeah i like it so 
right. bug off. Yeah. That was bug but, off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so I'm a big fan of whiskey too. So, um, so I read an article, you a whiskey guy too? I love whiskey, yeah. bourbon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Scotch. I'm, I'm big on scotch, um, but I like bourbon too. Like I, I, I'll take a scotch over, I'll take a bourbon over a scotch any day. Okay. okay. Uh, but I'm starting to warm up to scotch. I mean, sometimes yeah. the peated flavor is a little too much for me, yeah. but... But honestly, I, I almost got some scotch barrels in the other day. And oh. by that, I mean we've got unpeated scotch barrels. They had both peated and unpeated. And I'm still contemplating what an unpeated scotch is. Right. is. Is that not just bourbon slash whiskey? I mean, I know <laughs> right. it was from Scotland, so, yeah. so it's scotch in that. But, yeah. I mean, that's... That's interesting. But I was hoping yeah. to get some of both because peated barrels sound like a lot of fun. And then... The obvious is putting us the the picked in it, our Scottish ale, in, yeah. into a Scotch barrel. Oh, so yeah, yeah, and probably I would say with that one, probably not as a smoky, not a, as peaty of a with Scotch with that one, right? Because the because the Scotch ale is already pretty. Uh, it's kind of got that smoke to it. Yeah, it it technically are 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 Scottish, and it is a Scottish, not a Scotch. Okay. Uh, which we're gonna make a Scotch ale, which of course would be a much oh, okay. bigger version. It's like an Imperial Scottish, if you want to look at it that way. Okay. And we're gonna do that one of these days, but it actually does have a smoked malt, not peated malt. Okay. So I mean, there's. Yeah. There's that, but, gotcha. okay. but still, I think I think the peated barrel would go very well with it. Mm. The only question is whether it would actually be too strong, and you'd have to you'd have to watch out to make sure that the beer didn't just get rolled over by the, oh. the peated aspect of yeah, the barrel. That's true. There was uh, Arizona Wilderness did a um, I think it was called the Battle Axe. It was it was a stout that was in a Lafrogue, which Lafrogue is like one of the peatiest like whiskeys out there i don't know if you yeah. had that one but it's like I, wow first time i had it i was like this tastes like stp filtered through like underwear <laughs> <laughs> but then the more the more and then you do a little research as far as okay you know here's how the suggested way to drink it a little bit of ice a little splash of water um but that was my whole point with this is i read an article and they said like you know headline was whiskey uh expert says here's how you should drink your whiskey and his whole thing was however you like it yeah. Right? Who cares if it's a $700 bottle? If you like a little bit of ice in there, put a little bit of ice in there, you know? So, um, once again, it comes down to just, just that taste, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm a bit of a heathen when it comes to, uh, drinking the spirits because okay. I don't like to dilute them with anything. I okay. basically drink them straight and, and I like to swish them around my mouth, which a lot of people look at me like, what are you doing? But I like <laughs> the full body experience. I, yeah. I, I literally swish around covering every, every inch of my mouth with it, which I know some of the people are out there cringing and wait, you've got a 300 bottle of a dollar bottle of scotch and you're swishing it. And the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely. Ten times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why why would that be an issue? Like with the Scott, like there's a because it's I heathen. I think is the best yeah. word. It, it's <laughs> yeah. like uncouth. It's you know yeah. seriously. What do you, yeah. Do you drink beer from a straw? It's just not right. You just don't do that. And no, I don't drink beer from a straw, but I do swish my whiskey. Right. Sorry. Well, it's interesting you say that because I, that's what I like too. I like the whiskeys that you drink them and it like coats your mouth. Like your mouth is, it's like, it's not heat, but it's just that like a little bit of a burn. Yeah. You know, but a good burn. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, we'll get Lagavulin is one of my favorites that it's got some, some kick to it. Uh, but uh, yeah. So what's next? What's next for you guys? Like you've got all these good things. You got 50 barrels in this room, got some barrel age going. What's, uh, where, do, where do you see this? Uh, beer style wise or just as a company? Just as a company. As a company? Well, um, we still have room for more fermenters. So really just keeping on the, the current course for the most part. Okay. I mean, we just added two more 20 barrel fermenters, which involved a lot of work because we rebuilt our whole glycol system to help accommodate it. Okay. When I originally built it, I did it out, out of regular PVC, which is not meant to hold 29 degree liquid okay <laughs> so it gets brittle okay a lot of breweries have gotten away with it for decades but i didn't want to take that chance so we're kind of yeah. we kind of had to stop brewing for a while rebuild everything so now we're, we're back to where we're going to get these two 20 barrel fermenters hooked up and that'll let us expand you know that's another 40 barrels that's a, a lot yeah. of capacity for us and when i was looking around it's it's funny because i thought oh, i might be able to get four fermenters over in this corner 
Yeah. In the end, now that the two are there and I'm planning it out, I think we can get a total of nine, so seven more. The big problem is we'll have to figure out a new place to store our grain. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, so we're looking pretty good as far as beer production and being able to continue to expand for the foreseeable future. Nice. And beyond that, I mean, every brewer, every brewery has ideas, but we'll we'll talk plans when we get there because who knows? Who knows right. what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, do you, are do you guys uh, are you uh, on tap uh, across the valley? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we we don't have a lot of excess production at this point. It'll definitely jump up with these new fermenters. Okay, um, we're generally rotating in and in and out of a, a number of places, and and that's the one thing is, as everybody who's probably listening to this knows, rotating taps are the 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 name of the of the game at this point. So we get in and out of pretty much all the, the main places and okay. you're on for a bit and then they move on to someone else and they come back to you and that's fine. It's good for the consumer. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, we Just, all love beer and we all want to try stuff that's new and right. I'm, I'm still a consumer. I'm still part of that. I mean, I get plenty of my beer. I, I relish the opportunities I have to go out and try someone else's beer. So I, yeah. I totally understand why it's that way. And I think it's great for the, uh, beer community in general yeah yeah well it's you're seeing more and more of the the good beers on tap right you're not going it's rare anymore that you go to a place that has blue moon coors light Miller light bud light which is great right they're understanding people are actually starting to like good beer yeah you know what i mean um because when i go to a place like that i'm just like oh i'm like come on oh (laughs) when i first started home brewing there wasn't much at all and if you walked into a place and you could get a black and tan Oh my God, you're my favorite new bar. Right. I mean, that's, which is kind of why I started homebrewing is a lot of times, unless you went to the brewery, then you just weren't getting a a very big diversity of, of beer. Yeah. And a little Guinness and bass was, you know, Oh, Hey, wait, thanks for stepping up your game. (laughs) Right. Thanks for adding some flavor to the beer. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think, I think, I hope everyone appreciates that we are pretty much in the golden age of beer between uh, bringing back the old styles and new styles, which quite honestly, like sours are new, but the irony about that is they all used to be sour. So that's actually the most <laughs> retro style that there is, right. but still the availability of beer out there, are just clean beer, sour beer, barrel, it's just everything. This is the golden age of beer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it's, it's great. Yeah. Well, Arizona too. Like, I mean, I moved out here in 07 and I think we were talking earlier, you guys opened up in 2013. And at that point, there was, what, 35, 40? So we were, I forget our number, but we were like 34, 36 or okay. somewhere in there. Yeah. Now, statewide, we're at about 100. That's crazy. So so that's my ongoing joke. I told you that earlier of yeah. at four and a half years old, we're one of the oldest breweries in the state. <laughs> right. And, right. And then we looked it up and the oldest continuously run brewery was Prescott, which opened in 94. Yeah. Right. That's what we looked up. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's been longer than that, but right. That that's crazy. It is. The it is. Huge explosion in the brewing scene. Yeah. Well, you know, um, so when I first uh, talked with uh, Steve McFate, um, he had mentioned uh, neighborhood uh, breweries and then I talked to Matt from BRI same thing like it was like he's like because I asked him I said are we getting to a point of oversaturation right where there's all of these brews and he's like no I don't think so and Matt was like I don't think it's going to be oversaturation it's going to weed out the ones that shouldn't be right he's like but honestly I don't think it's a bad thing if each neighborhood has its own brewery right not necessarily a pub but like a brewery that's yeah. making beer in that you know what I mean and yeah and I feel like that's where Arizona is is getting you know, we make some great beer here. We really do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think my goal is to get us to the point where you know we're on the map with San Diego, Denver, Portland, places like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. And you know, places like you guys. You guys are making great beers and, and creating that great name for for the state. So we're we're trying. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. We'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, any plans for um, uh, bottling or canning or anything like that at any point? Yes. And if if we're going to do it, we need to get moving soon. The, it's going to start small. We actually have done a couple test batches of our nib, the Imperial Stout, okay. bottle condition, cork and cage, Belgian bottles. Nice. And uh, 
the big thing holding us up now is we haven't we have some ideas for a label but we haven't officially done anything which means okay. we we have to go through the government to get them okayed uh, and if they're going to be bottle conditioned, then they have to sit for a little while, for a month, before you can even think wow. of releasing them. So, so there's another level of regulation based on that stuff. Yeah, and just bottle condition takes a little while to carbonate up since it's natural carbonation. Okay, okay. So it's one of those, we were going to do it last year, we ran out of time, and if we're not careful, we're going to run out of time this year. But that's where we want to start with is just, I don't know, maybe one or 200, not a whole lot, a, a decent run to make it worth our while. But um, starting with the big stuff, as far as the things, I, I would love to see something like the cream in a can, but I sneeze here in a sec. Oh yeah, yeah, good. Oh, okay. Anyways, I'm gonna ignore it. <laughs> okay. um, we can cut that out right there. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna count on. <laughs> um, so we were, we would like to do stuff like the cream, all our regular beers in a can. Yep. But right now, our size, the, our volume, we're pretty much selling everything, and so it's not like we have a bunch of excess beer. To, to can yeah canning lines are expensive the mobile canning lines are also expensive at our level we'd have you, you have to it's volume based okay you have to do a pretty substantial run to make it economically feasible when you say mobile like meaning like like they bring in a they line. roll up with a canning line on a trailer oh interesting and they uh. they back in i know a couple of people have done it locally i've talked to them a couple of times Essentially, the numbers work out that it would be a break-even scenario. We wouldn't make money. Okay. I'm sorry, we are a business. Yeah. We got to, uh, you know, the marketing aspect, we've talked about whether the marketing value was worth it. Okay. But you don't want to do something, or at least we don't want to do something like roll a, a standard beer out in cans as a one-time only. If you're going to do it, it has to be something you're building, and it's an ongoing plan for the future oh i see what you're saying yeah so at yeah. this point you know we we may do the mobile canning line at some point but that'll be part of a plan to get our own canning line and it'll be the transition period to get us into the market and okay. start building something uh, before we actually get the equipment gotcha kind of test the waters a little bit yeah, too yeah exactly. just, yeah, yeah nice man well dude you guys are doing great stuff here for sure keep it up um i'm a fan i know aaron from 8 a.m films fan right Aaron oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was a little disappointed he wanted to try the sourpuss he's a big fan of the sour so uh, so next time he's gonna have to make, make another trip up here to get the sourpuss so <laughs> well um, that we actually put in some barrels what we put it in specifically a nib barrel from last year it's a it's a um, it's a uh, oh geez I'm sorry I'm blanking out anyways it's a barrel <laughs> <laughs> It's in a barrel. It's in a wooden yeah. barrel. Yeah. But it was the, the nib came, came out of it, and we put that in specifically because uh, we are so happy with the sourness that we got out of it because it's a little softer, a little okay. smoother. Yeah. So we put it in a couple barrels basically to inoculate, inoculate the, uh, the barrels so that we can use it for other beers in the future. Yeah. And yeah. we've even tried nibbing, uh, I'm sorry, souring a little bit of nib. Nibbing some it, sour. <laughs> it, it's nibbing some sour. It's kind of funny because we just went out, and after we transferred out of the barrels, there's always a little bit left. Yeah. So we collected that. We put put it in a three-gallon carboy. Okay. And we added a five-gallon test tube, uh, a tube from White Labs of their mixed culture. Ah. Nothing happened, wow. which is mind-blowing they swear it was a brand new culture we we have our own little lab here but we didn't plate any to make sure it was viable and okay. stuff just kind of trusted it yeah yeah but it was a brand new fresh it should have been fine it did basically nothing now we haven't sampled the beer right. but there's no pellicle there's no growth there's no bubbling i mean there's no visible action going on so then we took some of the sourpuss which we know was soured, you know, with lacto. Yeah. Put that in there. Once again, we haven't tried it, but there's no signs of life. Hmm. So sorry if I'm just rambling, but anyways, no, we've even good. we've even <laughs> tried uh, souring a little nib. Uh, I wouldn't want it aggressively sour. That's yeah. why the, you know, I was excited about the the old sourpuss. Yeah. Because it is a nice, soft, mellow sourness, and it would add complexity to the nib. Okay. The nib's so strongly flavored, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the dominant flavor actually yeah it would be another player just add a bit of complexity yeah so who knows people maybe one of these days you'll see a mildly soured nib coming out yeah interesting and, and sometimes with those types of beers it's just kind of like i don't know and then next thing you know it's everyone's like 
you got more right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah those things catch on uh but uh dude thanks for doing this this is this has been awesome no problem i really appreciate you coming yeah for sure so uh you guys can come here uh basically uh northwest corner 7th street and dunlap also cave creek the three corners as i call it uh, i coined that phrase 13 seconds ago pretty much <laughs> uh northmountainbrewing.com and then instagram you guys are nmt brew and yep. then uh facebook page too yep oh, you guys do uh twitter too yep yeah okay so everywhere Just at nmt brew at nmt brew okay awesome well guys come here drink the beer i definitely recommend the double ipa that was my favorite i'm an ipa guy you know so um this double ipa was really good and then those asian sliders and then uh aaron backs up the uh uh, the pretzels. So. Well, and by the time this comes out, our bearded dragon should be back. That's our brown IPA. Ooh, interesting. And that's a, another really popular one. Okay. So we we will get back. I know we only have one IPA on right now, but it's by the time one. this comes out, we'll <laughs> we'll be back up to two or three. Yeah. Awesome. Well, in Belgians too. Like we we talked about the the Belgian style beers. Not a lot of people are brewing these. You love the Belgian styles, and I love that you make them because I'm a big fan. All right. Good yeah. Deal. So, uh, all right, buddy. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you are enjoying the show, be sure to support us by subscribing on iTunes for the audio podcast and YouTube for the videos. Help the show grow. Share it with a friend. Give us a rating and review on iTunes if you're feeling up to it. Help us help get Arizona beer on the map. Big shout out to my man, Aaron Marcus from 8AM Films, also making these video episodes just amazing. This dude is awesome. So check him out. He is for hire. So if you're looking for some work, somebody that does some awesome work, video-wise, photography-wise, reach out to him. And always remember, stay awesome.